Adventures with My 40s. I'm Courtney Henning Novak, a 42-year-old woman doing my best to thrive during this decade of life. You can find the show notes at CourtneyHenningNovak.com. And here's the show. Hello, adventurers. Welcome to episode 20. I'm recording this on Monday, January 18th, 2021. It's Martin Luther King Day, and I have a little window of opportunity to record a podcast. So here I am. You know, at the beginning of the year, I was setting a bunch of goals for myself and thought for the podcast, I was like, oh, I could try to record 50 podcast episodes in 2021. Then I was like, which is almost weekly. And then I thought, oh, that's maybe a little too ambitious. Let's do 25, but I'll probably get 50. Well, since I'm getting my first episode in January 18th, uh, 25 is looking like a much more manageable goal, so that's what I'm sticking with. It's uh, distance learning, bitches. Just what an adventure. It's definitely still pandemic time here in Pasadena, and oh, here comes my neighbor's gardener. I thought he was done with his leaf blower, and here he returns. I, I swear to God, I can't see what he's possibly accomplishing. There's, He's got like 10, all of 10 leaves that he's just blowing around and and around. Oh, he's blowing them onto the neighbor's lawn. Genius. Mad genius. Um, I'm sorry if you can hear the leaf blower, but this is the window we've got, folks, and it happens to involve the neighbor's leaf blower. He's really just blowing the leaves onto the neighbor's house. Unfucking believable We're across the street. If he starts blowing leaves over here, um, I will, I'll go get my husband. These are the perks of having... He's... Uh, this is, like, ridiculous. He's fully blowing the leaves to the neighbors. Is he also their gardener? No, he's... I, I, like, is he going to actually rake them? Like, because sometimes the gardeners work for two different houses, and so maybe he's doing all this work. But I, I think he's... His strategy really is just blow the leaves onto the neighbor's lawn. All right. Yeah, happy new year there. Okay. First order of real business, if I can ever stop obsessing over the gardener across the street, is I'm 42. Did you hear the new intro? Uh, Maybe you didn't because you skipped over it. I always skip over podcast intros, so no judgment there. But I am 42. I turned 42 uh, a week ago. And my birthday itself was not a great day. Um, and I don't feel obligated to pretend it was. People keep asking, did you have a good birthday? And I'll be like, not really. And they, there's this horrified look, like I've broken this major social etiquette. Like someone says, did you have a good birthday? And it's like, I'm contractually obligated to say, yes, I did. But that's just a lie. It wasn't a great birthday, not, you know, compared to birthdays past. Um, and I don't want to pretend it was. I had insomnia the night before my birthday. Thank you. PMS. And then, so then I was tired all day and I just don't like being tired. I'm a grumposaurus. And, um, then just be having it be my birthday really emphasized the shittiness of pandemic life in Pasadena right now. I, I just, I, the day before my birthday, I was like low expectations, low expectations. I'm going to celebrate me. I don't need any of the trappings of a birthday to feel good and to feel celebrated. I, you know, no, I don't need that. So like, you know, middle finger to the pandemic, I'm going to enjoy my birthday. 
but I you know, woke up and it was my birthday and I hadn't slept well and I was just suddenly really keenly aware of the fact that it was a Tuesday. My birthday was last Tuesday. And instead of taking my kids to school like I ordinarily would on my birthday, uh, if it's a Tuesday, I had Pippa home for distance learning. We, we haven't had pod yet this year, so she hasn't had pod really since Thanksgiving, which is a major bummer. And, uh, you know, I couldn't go, I would ordinarily do some writing, then maybe go get myself a massage. There was this uh, $25 massage place I would go to. You, you would be in this like big common room and I discovered that I love getting massages. This way, full clothes on and you're on like a table and um, just a very thorough, vigorous massage. Haven't had a massage in almost a year now. I think I got one maybe in February before I realized, before they shut things down and before I realized like, oh, I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing these things anymore. But, um, yeah, it just emphasized like, oh, I couldn't get a massage and I couldn't go to a restaurant. I would have probably gone to a restaurant, maybe met some friends or my parents, but restaurants are still closed for in dining right now, even outside. And, you know, and then, uh, of course, I look at my Facebook feed and, my God, how many leaves could the neighbors possibly have? Like, their tree's naked at this point. I just don't understand it. He is, update, uh, leaf blower update, it, he appears to be the gardener for two adjacent houses. So he wasn't just blowing leaves onto a neighbor's property. He's now in their backyard. So, God, I hope he's their gardener or they're in for a surprise soon. Um, so, yeah, it just... It wasn't the best birthday, but um, I'm excited to be 42. I don't mind getting older. Uh, I know that there's some people who will lie about their age, women especially, and um, I think maybe that was more common for like past generations. Because I personally don't want to lie, be like, oh, I'm 39, haha, <laughs> I'm not yet in my 40s. Like, I would rather lie upwards, like, oh yeah, I'm like 56, and people are like, damn, she looks good for 56. So I don't, I don't see the point in lying, and I like my age, and I'm, you know, fully embracing my 40s, you know, case in point, this podcast. So I don't set new goals and projects for being 42, because, you know, it sort of seems pointless, since I'm, my birthday's January 12th, and I like to do projects and stuff for the whole you know, calendar year. But on that note, I did want to mention that I forgot as I was listing off like my ridiculous number of projects for 2021, I forgot to mention two, uh, probably the two most important. One is I am working on trying a hundred new recipes in 2021 and I'm off to a good start and it's been fun and I'm in the middle of making, oh shoot, I just realized an alarm is going to go off on my phone because I'm making pretzel dough and I'll just turn that alarm off so you don't have to hear it. And um, so, yeah, pretzels are the next new episode, uh, not episode, recipe. And my other goal is to visit 50 different places in 2021, which by different it means like ideally a new-to-me place. But if it's a place I haven't been to in over a year because of the pandemic, I'm going to be kind to myself and let that count. Because the point is to just get out of the rut of the same, you know, the same one or two playgrounds and parks and the same grocery store and the same Starbucks and the same that's it because pandemic life sucks in Pasadena right now. All right. Yeah. So I am proud to be 42 
and I don't feel the need to pretend I'm younger. I'm embracing the journey of my life, and I believe I ended my 41st year healthier than I began it. So that's my goal for this year, too, to end the year healthier than I have begun my 42nd year. So now I want to talk about an idea that's been kicking around my head for a while, and I thought I'd try to talk it out here. And the idea is, this is going to sound sort of dramatic, the space between hope and despair. Doesn't that sound like a good title for a book? Um, actually, when I was like writing out notes for what I wanted to do on this episode, I thought, oh, is that the title of a book? And I checked on Amazon, and it's not. So maybe that's like a future book, all right. So I've noticed the past couple of months that I feel my best when I'm living in the space between hope and despair. But what the hell does that mean? All right, so despair. The dictionary definition is the loss of hope. So despair and hope are really kind of two points of a spectrum, you know, as far apart from each other as possible, or two sides of the same coin, I guess. Despair is the belief that nothing will ever improve. Woe is me. I'll always be miserable. When I had postpartum depression, I had um, some serious despair towards the end of it. And the, the despair was what really pushed me from tolerable depression into like crisis needing medical intervention. Because that's when I started. Despair led to intrusive thoughts of harming myself, of suicide. Or uh, actually my big fantasy was being put into a coma and the doctors would not wake me until they figured out how to fix me because I knew something was wrong with me. I just didn't know what it was. And um, and I was okay if they couldn't figure out how to fix me just being in a coma the rest of my life. So that to me, that's despair. Being in a point in your life where you're like, you've given up hope. Like I was so miserable from postpartum depression and I just didn't see how things would ever change or ever get better. Hope is the feeling that what is wanted can be had, or that events will turn out for the best. It's to believe in something or desire and trust in it. And, uh, or you can be hoping for something like, I really hope this happens. Um, wow, that was a really articulate def definition on my point. Hoping is to hope. Yeah, go me. Not going to be applying for any jobs with the dictionary coming up. Um, but you know. Despair, hope. Okay, I think we all have a handle on what those mean. And they do seem like opposite points on a spectrum or two sides of a coin. Like they seem like opposites. But I think they're kind of the same thing. Just with a slightly, it's sort of like half full, half empty. But however you look at it, it's the same amount of water in the glass. It's just a different perspective. That's what I think of despair and hope. That they're both looking to the future and they're both placing, so they're both like a type of mindset. Despair is one way of looking at the world and hope is another way of looking at the world that are both future thinking and it's a way of placing contingencies and conditions on our future happiness or lack thereof. So I'll try to just explain what I'm thinking about with distance learning. 
The Pasadena Board of Education has talked about preparing the schools to reopen in February if that's possible, meaning our cases, number of new daily cases is below some certain number, and I don't remember what that is because I try to not follow the news too closely because it's just because I'm trying to live in the space between despair and hope. From a despair perspective, if I'm thinking about this possibility that school goes back to like a hybrid form in February and I'm in a despair mindset, I would think, oh, schools are never reopening, not in the foreseeable future, everything's fucked, we'll be stuck in distance learning forever. Like, like this is just like the end of school as we know it. From a hope perspective, I might think it could happen. Pippa could have hybrid school in February. Oh my god, fingers crossed. That would be amazing. I would be so happy if that happens. From both perspectives, either hope or despair, I'm living for the future and deciding I will be happy or I will be totally fucked, depending on whether Pippa gets to start hybrid school. But what if I live in the space between hope and despair? Then if I'm in that mindset, the mindset that's in between hope and despair, when I hear that Pasadena's preparing for hybrid in February, I think, oh, that would be nice if it could go back to school, but we have everything we need to be happy right now. We'll be fine if hybrid doesn't happen anytime during like, you know, in February or in this calendar year. So that's the crucial part of trying to live in the space between hope and despair. It's this belief that we have everything we need to be happy right now. When I manage to live in the place between hope and despair, I feel like my best, most authentic self. I feel like I'm living in the present moment and sure I can acknowledge the difficulties of the present and of which there are many but I can also see the blessings and, you know, experience gratitude. When I live in the space between hope and despair, I do not place contingencies and conditions on my happiness because I'm already happy. I'm not letting distance learning defeat me. You know, the absence, like the idea that, oh, we're not even going to get hybrid this school year. I'm like, okay, but we have what we need to be happy right now. So let's, let's not worry about it. And if I'm okay with my life, but hoping for something better, I've already placed myself, I'm setting myself up for disappointment if my hopes aren't met. Like hope is great. To, you know, to some degree, I'm still working on wrapping my mind around this. And it's been a while for me to figure out how I feel about this idea. And there's a book Mark Manson, I think, wrote called Everything is Fucked, a book about hope. I think that's the title. And I remember reading that and thinking, this is, this is way too dark for me. And now I'm in this position of thinking about, well, when I abandon hope, I'm also 
it's not necessarily like abandoning hope does not have to be dark it it can be like look life is difficult and challenging but i'm happy life there's life is not picture perfect right now far from it and it's difficult and exhausting and there are days where i just have no gas in my tank but we do have everything we need right now and that's enough it's it's a play, uh, the I, the space between hope and despair is a place of enough and when enough is enough then it becomes abundant like okay so now i'm probably making no sense if I'm living in hope, that means I have said, if X happens, I'll be happy. That means I can't be happy until X happens. Like if I'm saying this has to happen in order for me to be happy in the future, I'm saying I won't, I'm not happy yet. I'm, I'm discounting all the good things going on in my life right now and projecting like, I'm not, I'm, I've decided I'm not okay now. And maybe I am. So it's a, you know, it's nice to look around and be like, do I really need X, Y, and Z to happen in order to be happy? Hope might seem more optimistic than despair. But with both hope and despair, I've decided m with my present circumstances, I'm not happy. I've rejected the present moment. I've rejected any happiness I'm feeling in the present moment as not good enough. Despair is, it will always be, this is shitty, and it will always be shitty. And hope is, man, this is shitty, but I really hope it's be it's less shitty shit soon. But at, at both positions emphasize that right now is shitty. I'm trying to do my best these days to live in the space between hope and despair, but I'll tell you, it's not easy. I don't even fully understand it yet. Like I'm doing my best to articulate this idea in this podcast episode, but it's it's still something I'm trying to wrap my mind around. I'm like, how, do I even? And I may like in a month be like, you know what? I I I prefer hope. Let me choose hope again. I don't know. Right now though, it feels like I'm in my best mindset when I find a way to step away from despair and hope into that space between hope and despair. When I'm not yearning for some future contingency, the, the end of distance learning, and I'm just taking my life a day at a time, um, I just, I feel so much better. And so much of life these days, it, it, it is work to stay healthy during this pandemic. And I don't want to suggest that it's easy to be in the space between hope and despair. I'm in that space a lot because I've got my friend Zoloft helping me out. And also my friend Mirtazabane, the anti-anxiety med I take before bed. And I, I was actually thinking like two weeks ago, like, oh, maybe I'm ready to wean off these. And then found out that like we weren't going to be doing pod for a while. And I was like, mm, then again, maybe not. There's definitely... It's definitely a roller coaster, and I have uh, dark days. And you know, like my birthday, I just was like in a shitty mood. I was grumpy. Like pandemics do suck, but I try to be in the space between hope and despair as much as possible. And I think I'm there like fifty to eighty percent of the time. You know, it just sort of depends on the day. Update: The gardeners are finally 
leaving their lawn goodbye leaf blower till next week. Um, but it's not an easy, it's not like an, it's not like my default setting is let me be in the space between hope and despair. Like I think as humans, we're sort of programmed. It's like, it's in our genetic code to be hopeful, um, to be like, that's why we're always working to better our, our circumstances. And, you know, and there's something hopeful about, like, I, I love doing what I think of as the work of looking at my issues and digging in and trying to be my, a better version of myself to become an even more authentic version of myself. And, um, you know, just like happier and healthier and, you know, all of that. And so since I'm doing that work, that suggests a sort of hopefulness, a looking beyond the present to, I can do all this work. But, you know, then again, I enjoy the work and I know I will never complete the work, that I, I will die at some point having not finished all of my work of self-improvement. So, you know, it's a, um, now there's someone in the house bouncing around. The kids are supposed to be outside with Nathan, but someone's prowling around the house. <laughs> like it's just never a dull moment during the pandemic. But, and now I lost my train of thought. Like, yeah, I'm always doing the work of self-improvement, which does suggest a certain forward thinking on my part. So, you know, I'm not saying I fully figured out the idea of the place of hope and despair, but it sure sounds poetic. And it was a fun thing to talk about on the on the podcast. And, you know, maybe it's something to just consider every now and then if you're dwelling on something in the future that you really want to happen and to be like, well, do I really want to place this condition on my happiness? Okay, so yeah, it's and it's easy for me to get go to the darkness these days. I mean, the distance learning and the pandemic, it's it is long. It's been, you know, 10 months now and it's, you know, I'm, I have my feelings. So it's, it's been a tough experience. Um, yeah, but I, and, and with my birthday, I think I shifted towards the despair zone or maybe the hope zone. I think I, I did both. Like the despair was, woe is me. My birthday sucks because it's a pandemic. And we're, I knew we're all having shitty birthdays, but it's just like, oh, I wish this is, at least if like this had happened when I was able to go to restaurants, I could have like gone to have lunch with my husband, you know, something. And then I started thinking like, well, next year and I'll be able, and I was thinking all the things I want to do for my birthday next year. And that just made me feel worse. It made me feel like it just even, it emphasized even more what I was not able to do for my 42nd birthday. And then that flipped me to a place of despair. It's almost like hope and despair are related. Like they're sort of a vicious cycle. Like if you're in a space of despair, hope is that thing that beckons you out. Like, like don't, don't despair. There is hope. But then when you're in hope, if you keep hoping so much, it can just, rem it can leave you feeling like, hollow and empty because you're yearning for something that you don't have and you're that thing that can make you think like oh man I don't you know like I start hoping about my 43rd birthday I hope I can go to a restaurant I hope I can go get a massage I hope I can see friends and you know get a hug from someone and um I got a hug from my husband and my kids but you know you know what I mean 
And then feeling all that hopefulness for my 43rd birthday just sort of cycled me back to despair, like, oh, but right now, and oh, we don't even know, and oh, we keep getting kicked in the teeth by this pandemic, so will this even be over then? So it's just, it's almost like hope and despair are in like this um, abusive, dramatic relationship where you cycle between them. And I think the space between hope and despair is enough. It's the idea of I am enough right now. I have enough right now. I didn't realize that. That's why I do these episodes, because I talk things out. And I, I wrote all these notes for the space between hope and despair. And now I'm like, oh, that's the name for it. The space between hope and despair is enough. And of course, I might think this over for the next week and be like, wow, I was so full of shit with that episode. Then again, I may replay this episode for myself in six months and be like, damn, that was a cool thing I figured out. So I am trying to live in the space between hope and despair. I am trying to embrace the idea that I am enough right now and I have enough right now. All right, let's flip to my last page of notes. And there's nothing on my last page of notes. All right, so, during, so now I'm 42. It's my first episode as a 42-year-old. And, you know, I said I want to end the year, end the year healthier than I began it. And that's definitely my one of my overarching goals. And the other one is I would like to continue to live in the space between hope and despair as much as possible. I, th I just feel like I get a lot of, like, magical energy when I'm in that space, in the space of enough. When I believe I have enough, and I am enough, then I can really enjoy my life and enjoy being myself and enjoy this wonderful, blessed world of ours, even when it feels like it's turned upside down and kind of going crazy. All right. On that note, happy new year belated. And I will hopefully see you again in 18 days or less. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Adventures with My 40s. You can reach me through my website, CourtneyHenningNovak.com, or on Instagram at Courtney.Novak. If you're enjoying the show, subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. Have a great and wonderful week.